Hello everyone and welcome to This Is Your Teaching Life, a podcast about ordinary teachers and their not-so-ordinary jobs. Join co-hosts Josh Simpson and Steve Crow as they explore the journey and experiences of everyday teachers, coaches and educators. Discover tips, tricks and advice as you listen to stories from everyday people who dedicate their lives to one of the world's most intricate, challenging and rewarding jobs, teaching. This is Your Teaching Life. G'day everyone, Josh and I have had a very relaxing break over the term one school holidays and we're back for another episode of This Is Your Teaching Life and this episode we are so excited to bring you Emma Parnell. Emma is a learning specialist at Pearstar Primary School where she co-leads literacy and is the grade 3 team leader. She is also, though she may not admit it, an expert in close reading and during the podcast she shares an amazing story of how she came to find close reading and why it's such an important approach to reading in primary schools. Another really interesting thing that we discuss on the podcast is Emma's leadership journey, which is a really interesting story and such a great listen for any teachers out there who want to work their way up the leadership ladder in a school. And as always, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we gathered today and pay our respects to their elders, both past and present. Sorry for the interruption. Could everyone please tune in for This Is Your Teaching Life with Steve Crow and Josh Simpson. Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. As we've already said in the intro, very excited today to sit down with Emma Parnell. Emma, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here, Emma. You have been a very highly requested guest in the context where we work, so it's awesome to have you here. But would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself before we kick it off? Okay, so um, I'm Emma Parnell. I'm a classroom teacher and a learning specialist at Pearsdale Primary School. Um, it's my third year at Pearsdale. Um, before that, I was 12 years at Courtney Gardens Primary School, so I'm into my 15th year of teaching. And you were a learning or a leading teacher for yeah. a number of years beforehand, is that yeah, right? Yeah, a leading teacher for six years at Courtney Gardens. Yep. Yep. So you've got a wealth of knowledge, Emma. You're a very modest person, but we can't wait to dig into all your expertise in a number of areas. So to, to kick us off, we want to go back and find out a little bit more about the young you as a as a youngster or a primary school mm-hmm. student. Did like where did you go to primary school and high school? And mm-hmm. do you have any kind of outstanding childhood achievements you'd like to share with everybody? Um, so I went to primary school at Cranbourne Primary School. Um, so when I went to Cranbourne Primary School, it was a very small community-based primary school. Um, it sits along the main road in Cranbourne, the Narriwar on Cranbourne Road, and back then it was a dirt road. Um, so I went there quite a while ago. Um, absolutely loved primary school. Still quite close with a number of my friends from primary school. Um, and then went to St Peter's in high school and again um, a really small high school and it was just kind of starting out I think it was in its second year of opening and um, yeah small amount of students that went there and again absolutely loved high school I only have positive memories of primary school and high school Um, absolutely loved both fantastic that's what you want Positive experiences yeah, in school. That's what we want positive. for our kids too. So lucky you. Mm, <laughs> Absolutely. Lucky. And as a student, what sort of student were you? Very uh, academic or mm. um, probably academic and sporty. So yeah. at primary school, um, definitely academic. And I 
I don't think I've changed too much. I was very determined as a youngster. I had very high expectations of myself, um, worked extremely hard. Um, but I loved my netball and I loved my running um, yeah. in primary school. And then when I went to high school, um, I just focused on study. Yeah. So, yeah, dropped netball and just, yeah, went running just to kind of clear my mind and things. But, um, yeah, just focused on, on the school work. And did that end up paying off in terms of the mm. score at all? <laughs> it's one of our favourite questions on the podcast to find out. It did pay off. Yeah. Yeah, it did. So um, might come as a bit of a shock, but I was a bit of a maths nerd at mm-hmm. school. So I found maths was a subject that was very easy to me. Um, so I did um, maths methods and specialist, chemistry, physics, all the science-based subjects. And um, yeah, that all paid off yeah. in my score. Yep. You want to divulge the number? <laughs> you can keep the number to yourself if you want to. Um, well, I, again, I had very high expectations yeah. of myself and I did want a, a very um, good end to score because I did want to go into pharmaceutical studies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got 94.5, um, which was enough to go into pharmaceutical studies and that's what I started off as. So I went into um, doing pharmaceutical for my first year of uni and that was when it hit me. That I, that's the first time I'd ever hated schoolwork. Oh, really? So I really struggled in my first year of uni. Um, yeah, I just didn't enjoy it. And that's when I had to kind of reevaluate what I wanted to do in life. And that's when I made the change to teaching. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And like, why teaching? Mm. Like, what, what sort of made you choose that? Do you have some, like a background in family sort of history or is it... Um, so when I wasn't enjoying the pharmaceutical studies, I went back to my careers advisor or teacher at high school and, um, she was really supportive and helped me kind of break down what it was that I was, what I enjoyed to do and things and kind of, yeah, nutted it all out and just, yeah, teaching was something that kind of popped up. How would you know you feel about doing it, you know, a degree in education? And she was kind of saying, you can take so many different avenues with that, um, and then, yeah, spoke with my parents and they, yeah, were very supportive as well um, because they both had high expectations of me and to kind of yeah, move from something so so different. So they were just, yeah, I suppose worried. But, um, yeah, moved over to Bachelor of Education and loved it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good that you had that yeah. guidance around you at that yeah, age to yeah, steer you in the right direction. Yeah, it is really hard in Year 12 to kind of work out what it is you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I was very, I suppose, driven and I thought that I knew exactly what I wanted. But yeah, that first year of uni, I just, yeah, hated it. That would have been quite a, a challenging time, I'd imagine, if you're studying so hard and you feel like you said yeah. yourself determined. Yeah, how yeah. did you get through that period? Because it kind of would have been like a bit of a... Yeah, it uh, was. Ch- it was very... What now? It was hard and I... Um, because I've got such high expectations, I felt like I was failing and I wasn't, you know achieving what I wanted to achieve and you know I had that plan for quite a number of years that that was what I wanted to do and I get to the point of yeah I'm here now and I wasn't enjoying it um so yeah I I was I actually that probably the year that I really struggled the most um and yeah just had to seek some professional help as well just Mm -hmm. to kind of you know reset where I was and yeah my thinking and yeah 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 Mm. Thanks yeah, for sharing that. That's a yeah. yeah it's, a, it's just a good thing to think of for I suppose for anyone in that situation. Like yeah. you think you know what you, where life's heading, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, yeah, what, yeah, what do I do now? Yeah, I've definitely learned the importance of like it's okay to be struggling. 
Mm. Um, and, you know, seek help and surround yourself with people that are there to support you. And again, my parents were really supportive yeah. um, with that time of my life. Yeah. yeah. And that's great because yeah. I guess you probably have other people that don't deal with it with that maturity yeah. and they probably keep going through that uni degree yeah. and end up, you know, mm. in a job they don't want to do. Yeah. So it's great that you stepped up yeah. and took care of that. And then when you look back, so you're a teacher now, do you look back at any teachers fondly that you had throughout primary school or high school? Um, not really. Like, I loved every teacher that I had. Um, probably in primary school, probably my grade six teacher. Um, I just felt that she was, um, yeah, just a really supportive teacher. Um, definitely would challenge us in the classroom, which I really enjoyed. Um, she was quite firm. Um, now I think back, I'm probably a little bit similar to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she was a wealth of knowledge. I remember she was pulled quite a lot from our grade six class. So um, I actually found out that she was working as a AP at Hillsmead when I was at Courtney Garden. So we kind of crossed paths a, oh, wow. a few times. So that was interesting. Yeah, like what was that like? Years. Yeah, it was in, yeah. Like I was a leading teacher at Courtney, and she was the AP at Hillsmead in Narry Warren and. Um, every now and again for networks, we'd get together and it was just, yeah, a bit awkward. That'd be surreal <laughs> in a lot of ways. It was. Because the age difference, I suppose, at yeah. the time, so seems yeah, you're sure. a kid, but as adults, it's, yeah. you know, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. And so your teaching rounds, did you do them locally? Um, yeah. So well? um, I did a teaching round at Courtney Gardens. Um, that was only for a few weeks. That might have been my second year. Um, but my last block was at uh, Limbrook Primary School. Uh, so they had just opened up. It was their first year. Yeah, um, yeah really positive um, experience. I was with a very experienced teacher that had actually come from Courtney Gardens and moved over to, to Limbrook. And she was uh, the leading teacher in literacy. Um, yeah, just yeah, a wealth of knowledge. And, mm. Yeah, it was a great experience with her. I know we're jumping ahead with this question, but it sounds like you've had a lot of positive mentors and role yeah. models in your lo- lo- life as well yeah, as your yeah. teaching career as well. Yeah, like, for sure. Um, and again, I, I try and seek that. Like I really, yeah, I, I think it's really important to have those people in your life to kind of guide you. Mm. Um, yeah, I've been very fortunate enough in my career to have been surrounded by some amazing yeah. people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Can really, we've spoken about how it can really make or break your yeah. career. And, yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. still keep in touch with those placement teachers now? Um, I did, yeah. yeah. I um, haven't spoken to my um, fourth year um, placement teacher. She's retired now. Right. Um, but when I was working at Courtney Gardens, yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. when she dropped down to only three days. Um, yeah, still in contact with yeah. her. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. What would you say was kind of the things that they imparted on you that you still remember today and have like sort of shaped your teaching? Yeah. Um, she was definitely a knowledgeable other at the school. Like a lot of people seeked her for advice. Um, so I think that, yeah, she kind of instilled that in me that, you know, you never stop learning as a teacher. Um, she was always kind of seeking to, you know, improve and be, you know, um, better than what she was. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, and then just, um, I think also just the organisation, like she was extremely organised and I definitely took that into my, my career as well. Yeah. yeah. And I've actually got a message from a, a colleague of yours and this kind of leads into it nicely, Josh, you're not aware of this. 
Uh, let me just get it up because it relates to organisation and the particularness that you have with some of the, the mm. kids in your grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this person uh, said that you don't like kids to stick their own sheets mm-hmm. in their, their workbooks in case they're not organised <laughs> or neat enough. Is, mm-hmm. that, is that true? Or? That is true. <laughs> it is true, yes. I know. So, it's so what do a... they do with their worksheets? <laughs> How do they get in the book? <laughs> I paste them in, Josh. <laughs> I have such a... And I think oh, that, that's my personality. That's your secret. That's your secret. Whenever I looked at your Correct. books and think, why are these kids so... <laughs> Correct. Oh, it's my personality. I get so... I do have... And my brothers are saying we're both perfectionists. And I just can't stand when a kid brings me a book and there's like a piece of paper sticking out of the book. It's just... Yeah. I just... No, I can't take that. That happens so, quite quickly um, too. I tend to paste them in at the start of the year for them. This is the expectation. Yeah. And then I slowly give them... Yeah, um, a bit of the gradual release model. Correct, type it's stuff. the gradual release. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when I was in tip, prep, right? I did it for the whole year. It's just too much. <laughs> hey, Josh, when you go back into the classroom, <laughs> yeah, what do you mean back? No, mean there. But it's funny you say that. Like, I don't know. Do you have any funny things like that, Steve? Like little habits within your teaching? Uh, you probably don't want to have a look at my kids' workbooks. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. or hours, I should yeah. say. Um, now that you put me on the spot yeah sorry mate Josh let me come back to that alright because I was just thinking like Mm. when I'm teaching PE if we're doing like whatever activity is I love having all the same cones or like a green Mm. ball on the green cone if it's a red ball on the green Mm. cone it's like nah get the green one and put it on Mm. it's like I don't know it's a bit OCD Mm. but I don't think it looks better probably has no impact on the PE lesson Mm. as such but Mm. obviously it has an impact on the books but yeah it's a little thing I like to do And what about your first interview after your placement? Did you have um, an interview at that school or did you apply elsewhere and have a first interview elsewhere? And how'd it go? Uh, so when I finished uni, I decided to go over to Japan to teach. Awesome. Um, so my first interview was over the phone. Um, <laughs> um, so I got, um, got the job for the interview over the phone. I uh, went to an international school in Japan in Nagoya. Um, and was planning to work over there for a year. Um, but I had to come back in April just for a family um, issue. So I came back in April only for the two weeks, but um, that had to extend for a little bit longer. So yeah. that's when I started to do some CRT work. And um, I really only did CRT work at Courtney Gardens, um, just because of the contacts I had. And then... Um, yeah, I was still doing that until about August. And then the assistant principal at the time said, oh, a teacher in grade fours just told us that they're leaving. Are you happy to take the grade for the rest of the year? I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And then, yeah, 12 years later, I was still there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, so that was, yeah. No, that's awesome. And what, if, like, I'd love to hear more about Japan. Like, when you went over mm. there, could you speak Japanese? Was it just a complete yeah, surreal yeah. experience? I'd imagine it would have been. But, yeah, yeah. what was it like? Yeah, it was amazing. So I did study Japanese at school. So I um, went to, I think it was year 11 with Japanese. So I could speak. Um, I'm better at reading. Right. So I could, I can read it fine. Um, And we also had, we hosted Japanese students because the high school that I went to had a sister school in Japan. So they would send students to us and seek um, host families. So we hosted a few Japanese students. So... Um, yeah, I felt comfortable going over there. And again, yeah. I had some contacts over there as well. Um, but yeah, it was a great experience for the short time that I was over there. I um, was really lucky to land that job. They kind of set me up in an apartment, which was really close to the school. And um, yeah, I was a bit homesick to start with. But um, 
yeah. yeah, go over that. And yeah, I really love the the lifestyle of the Japanese. It's very simple and just yeah, it's a, a nice way of living over there. Yeah, and is there yeah. school in the same like nine till three thirty? Like no, no. So the school that I went to, they finished at one. Um, they started at about eight o'clock and finished at one, and there right. were hardly any breaks, like playtime breaks. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a pretty smart move, I reckon, like going overseas before mm. you start t- teaching. Like if yeah. you, especially if you go from school to mm. uni, then you go teach yeah. at another school, yeah. get some life experience, and then yeah. to come back and CRT and see other schools mm. as well. Yeah. Um, did you find that kind of made you feel when you started that you were more prepared? Than... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, And I would recommend to anyone to do that don't just rush straight into yeah I know when I had I stepped out for a bit to CRT Mm. I did sort of think oh wow this would have been great to have done to start with to not just be so insular Mm. in your own school I suppose but yeah hindsight's a good thing yeah yeah. First interview over the phone. Over that's, the phone. Yeah. yeah. That's the way the good teachers go. That's how I got my job here. Ah, was via Skype oh, at the time. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the way to do it. Which these days is probably common via Zoom and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. But <laughs> wasn't so true. common back then, was it? Mm, no. Now, Emma, we are mm. really excited to find out or two things to talk about other than our normal sort of questions. Mm. One is close reading, which mm. you you will be very, very modest about this, but you mm. are an expert mm. in close reading, which is um, a hugely important part of our curriculum here mm. at, at our school. Mm-hmm. But also you were, I believe, quite, you started off your leadership journey quite young. Yeah. And yeah, I'm interested to find out, like, how did you, how did you firstly get into that position? Mm. And how did you find coping with some of the challenges that being a young leader in a school can present? Yeah. Um, so I was, again, really fortunate to have a really supportive principal and assistant principal at my previous school. Um, and they saw something in me. Um, so I spent the first five, six years, I suppose, perfecting my craft and just, you know, being the best teacher that I could be. Um, so I didn't have any extra responsibilities in those first few years, just my classroom, and I loved that. And I think yeah. that's a really important thing for, for young teachers to do, not to rush up the ladder, to you know spend that time in the classroom and perfect their, their practice. And then um, in my sixth year, I was asked to be the team leader of year two, um, and the team leader before me was going to stay in the team and I suppose support me in that mm-hmm. role. Um, so I did that and then um, the leading teacher position came up at the school and the principal yeah, just pulled me aside and said, I'd really like you to apply for this. Um, I know, um, you know you're know, you only six years into your career, but I really do believe that this is something that you could do um, and I'm here to support you as well. Um, so yeah, I applied and got the position. Um, and then from there, I was yeah just supported in so many ways, just given so many opportunities. I was given so many PD opportunities. Um, I was included in so many um, leadership discussions, not just at the le- leadership level, but that admin level as well. I was always kind of pulled in for those discussions. Um, yeah, just so many opportunities and so supported. Mm. Um, but I suppose the biggest challenge that I had was I was at a school with very experienced teachers. So um, most teachers had probably 20 years of experience. 
So for me, my sixth year to now be leading literacy across the whole school, mm. and it was a big school um, of teachers that had many years experience, that was a, a massive challenge. Um, but now I look back, I think because I had that time in my classroom and I perfected my practice, I had that to fall back on. Um, I was always very open, come in, come and see what I do in my classroom. And I think that's where I started to build those relationships and that trust and that respect from those more experienced teachers that, oh yeah, what she's do, you know, doing in the classroom is valuable. Um, mm. And she kind of does know what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was a, a big challenge that. Um, and even I remember... Oh, it was probably oh, a few years ago now. Um, my prin called me in. I remember it so vividly. Um, September-ish, and she was doing her staff um, planning for the following year. She's like, um, been looking at data. There's some sort of issue from grade three to five. And my previous school was all about nap plan. So whatever nap plan data said, that's what went. Mm -hmm. um, there seems to be an issue from three to five. Um, I want you in the grade 14. I'm like, oh, okay. She goes, I want you to make a difference. Um, I'm going to have the most experienced teachers in there and you're going to lead them. I'm like, great, okay, no pressure. She's like, and those four teachers had already been together for the previous year and I was meant to just go into this team that had already had a year together, lead them and try and get some change happening and um, improve student outcomes. It was just, yeah full on but um yeah it was probably the best two years of my teaching career now that I look back yeah yeah just being thrown in there yeah that's where I really learned about relationships and the importance of building those relationships and um yeah far out like mm. that's a pretty incredible story thanks for sharing <laughs> like what would you say I know you don't have to tell specific mm. stories but for someone who's in those a situation like that what was your biggest learning from being in that situation or what advice would you give to someone in that similar situation? Um, probably what I learned from going into that really experienced team um, was the obviously the importance of building relationships. And I remember having a conversation with my principal that following year at the start and I said to her, look, I can't drive the change that you're wanting without having the relationships with those four teachers. I, I can't do it, so I just need time to build those relationships. And I remember her saying, I'll give you a term, and that's it. <laughs> give you a term. My um, previous principal was very, um, quite firm. She knew what she wanted. She you know, knew what was best for her school. And, um, yeah, so she gave me a term to build those relationships. And that's where I learned about vulnerability and the power of that. Mm. I think that is such a strength of a leader is to be vulnerable. And um, that's how I build relationships is I think it's really important for us to show vulnerability and that mm -hmm. we do have weaknesses and that we do have worries. Um, you know, we are human. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, it's okay to, to be vulnerable. Yeah. Mm. And so, again, like Steve said, you don't need to go into specifics, but was that through meetings that you would have discussions and be vulnerable in what was happening yeah, in the classroom or outside yeah, of classroom sure. just to build yeah. those? Yeah. And just incidental things as well. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, definitely in meetings, but just incidental um, in the mornings. You know, I'd make an effort to, you know, go and see, you know, teachers in the morning within my team and just have conversations around, you know, how I was feeling, 
you know, I was worried about this, and yeah, that's kind of how you know the relationships yeah. would start. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It seems such an obvious thing, doesn't mm. it? But <laughs> it's not. It's not as obvious or as yeah. simple to do a lot of the times, I yeah. suppose. But yeah, I really like what you said about. Um, you, you had that one thing that you could fall back onto, which was your classroom yeah. practice. Mm. Uh, and I yeah. still believe mm. in that now. Like, I think if all fails, like I know that my practice is strong, so I've got that always to fall back mm. on. Like, mm. you know, I can present to people and share this, you know, do this and do that, but I know I will come in my class and see it. Like, yeah. I know that I've got that to fall back on. And I think that's so important for people that are wanting to be a leader, mm. make sure that they've, yeah, got that practice. Yeah, because mm. I reckon there's a lot of teachers out there that are looking to climb mm. the ladder really, yeah. really quickly, mm. particularly, you know, financially. It's a big, big yeah. change mm. as well. But, yeah. yeah, I think that's a really important message. And Yeah. 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 No, I love that open door on. policy too. Like, you know, you can talk, oh, yeah, talk but also walk sure. the walk. Come and watch yeah, it yeah, and yeah. you can see me do it. Yeah. And, like, today I had another teacher come from another school and we were talking about how great it is to sit and watch another mm. teacher teach. You get so much from that, and especially you know, someone of your experience would be amazing for those teachers that can come in. Yeah. So, you, tell us about close reading. You have a reputation at our school as being the guru of close reading, and probably not just in our school. Or if mm. if not, it won't be long before um, other people know about your skill and expertise in that area. But you've got a fantastic story about how that all started. Um, would you like to share? I guess the the, the journey, like your close reading journey. So, um, came all. Of, oh, I'm probably in my seventh year of knowing about close reading, I suppose. Um, so again, um, we were looking at my previous school, we were looking at data as a leadership team, um, and it was quite evident that the students were able to read, but they were they were just missing that, I suppose, in-depth understanding. So we had to go off and do some research as a leadership team, and that's when um, one of us discovered close reading overseas, Doug Fisher. So we brought that back um, and then, yeah, the principal approached me, the AP, another leading teacher, and she said, I'm going to send you over to San Diego. I thought, great, okay. Um, and she asked me to contact Doug, so I thought, okay, I can do that. So I just emailed him. I just looked him up online, found his yeah. website, <laughs> sent him an email, and he sent me back an email within like an hour um, just for some research, you know, research and resources and things. And I then in the email back, I just said, oh, my principal's mentioned the possibility of coming over. And he jumped on that. Great. I'd love, you know, you and your colleagues to come over. I'm happy to share. Um, and yeah, we, that's when we started, I suppose, that action research cycle. And we went over there for two weeks and spent two weeks with Doug. Um, an amazing experience. Just amazing. So to spend time with him at the school that he works at and again that's something that I really love about him is that he still practices um so he's a, a teacher at he at the school that he works at so I got to spend time with him at his school got to see him teach close reading um got to see him present to principals within the district of San Diego about close reading um he took us to schools that had been um going along with the close reading process for a number of years so it was great to see how far along they had gone and the students and what they were doing then we got to go to some schools that had just started to implement and kind of were able to to pick their brains around how they went around implementing it and then um yeah he was so kind to give his time in helping us kind of put together what our plan would look like so when we were to go back 
how we were going to roll out close reading with the school and and things like that and um yeah came back and we just got the ball rolling just mm. started to implement it and um kept in contact with him and shared you know our successes with him and and then when he was over in australia presenting um we got him to come to the school so we got to come him to come to the school twice which was really good so we presented to the whole staff and yeah just kept that kind of connection um open with him and um yeah, and that's kind of how all, all that really started. But again, yeah. just so supported by the principal in allowing us to do that. Mm. Um, you know, she yeah. was really big on, um, you know, seeking best practice. Let's go find out what they are doing um, and how can we use that. And if that means, you know, best practices overseas, and I'm going to fund that for you to go overseas and it's find incredible. out exactly mm. what it is they're doing. Yeah. And I want that back in my school. Um, yeah, and then from that experience, that led me to do my Master's of Instructional Leadership. Um, and that was really from my experience with Doug. Like, he was just amazing. I'm just like, my goodness, I just want to be just like him <laughs> and, and just have all his knowledge. And yeah, so he inspired me to do that and was, again, so supportive through that. Like, I remember a unit that I was um, working on. I, you know, had a question. I emailed him. He just emailed me straight back. All these resources and yeah. So that's yeah that that journey. Wow, so cool. Yeah. And like in your own words, we probably should have asked this to start with. But what is close reading? Yeah, for yeah. People that don't know so what it is. Um, close reading is a reading approach um, where students look at a complex text closely. Um, and there's kind of layers of close reading. So, you know, their first read where they're just exposed to that text. Um, so the text is just read for that enjoyment. Then it goes into that second read where they start to, to dig deep into that text and use annotations. Um, so they'll clarify um, words, they'll get into the main idea. And then that's when the text dependent questions start as well. Yeah, so they really um, dig deep of a complex text. Mm. Yeah. It's quite amazing seeing it in action too. Yeah. The way the kids stand up and speak and share their ideas and justify yeah. it and using the sentence um, frames to yeah. like yeah. start their conversation. It's quite amazing actually. And even in grade two, yeah. I've been pleasantly surprised and shocked with some kids. The way mm. they stand up and say, I respectfully disagree yeah, with Josh. Yeah. I think that this is this because... Yeah. And, where they justify it all. Yeah. Like so within the classroom, what does it look like? Is it everyone's doing the same page mm. at the same time? And yeah, 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 yeah. So every student's doing the same um, page at the same time, but they're partnered up strategically, I suppose. So yeah. like a high student might be working with more of those middle students and the yeah. lows are working with the middles. Um, and a lot of it's the partner discussion. Mm. Um, so it's all about them talking about a text. Um, and that's something that, you know, I saw over in America was that, you know, students were having such great discussions about text, those really complex texts. I remember one school, they weren't even writing the responses. It was just all, you know, the discussion that they were having. And it was just, yeah, amazing the use of mm. the full sentences. And, what, yeah. what do you personally like best about it? I love, I love the texts that we use. I, I think it's, you know, having those complex texts um, and looking at it in, in multiple ways, in, you know, multiple times as well. I think it's a really good message to give to the kids that, you know, you, you can look at a text more than once. Um, I love the discussions that the kids have. I think mm. that's, yeah, probably my favourite. Like you were saying, it's, you know, it's such a nice... 
it's so nice to see the kids having those discussions with each other using the full sentences, you know, using the vocab from the book mm. um, and, yeah, thinking critically as well about the text. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. do you choose those texts or are they chosen, like, from the program that they have, like, set out yeah. those different levels? Yeah, no, so they're chosen by the school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Doug gave us lists of books that they had used within their, their district um, and we took a few from there at my previous school, but that's us the good thing about close reading and pick the books that you would would like within the school you just need to make sure that they're complex texts mm. yeah. yeah i must admit the planning of close reading when we've done it mm. you can actually experience a few times where you're in that flow state where mm. you're so engaged in trying to come up with a, mm. a question that is relevant yeah. and to the point yeah. and it just kind of like builds and builds until you come up with this yeah but the actual thinking that goes behind it is really challenging mm. when yeah. you're trying to think oh what what's a appropriate question mm. for for this um yeah, yeah it's, it's really interesting and engaging for the yeah. teachers i think which makes it yeah. therefore more enjoyable for the kids i yeah. suppose but yeah and what i love about that like it inspires me in terms of because yes it's literacy but in within pe mm. could put a clip of a catch on if we're working mm. on a catch or a kick and the kids can in depth you know have yeah. those conversations together and discuss that if you're in art you could put an art piece on yeah. that discuss it and mm. obviously it's a bit different but that's yeah, sort of yeah. That's where those discussions, yep, for definitely. me, inspire ideas within my yeah. area. Mm. So other than contacting you, because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's lots of schools out there doing it, Like, or if a school wasn't doing it and wanted to get into it, what would you, how, what would you suggest that it's they do? It's a great question. I actually don't know of... The only other school that I know that's doing close reading is my previous school. I don't know yeah. of any other... Well, I'm assuming because it's on school. the... Um, yeah, the portal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually don't know of any other schools. Okay. Um, that are using close reading mm. in my previous school. Yeah, neither mm. do I. But yeah, it's yeah. So what, what what would you suggest they do if they wanted to, if they hear this and... Well, if they want to find out more about <laughs> it, where would they go? Um, well, I, yeah, I would just direct them to Doug Fisher's website. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's got some great readings on there. Yeah. And isn't that yeah. cool from a simple email to him? Oh, like you just reach yeah. out, and right. most people like this within yeah, education, yeah. that you can you know, develop that rapport with mm. them, and they're always so helpful. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It's an amazing example of how to implement change, I reckon, yeah. to do it properly and mm. slowly and not rush into yeah. it and invest time mm. and value yeah. people's yes. time as well. To do and that, that was the, the school's only focus for a whole, probably 18 months, was close reading. That was the only yeah. thing that was... Mm. Do, do you think it, it helps with the results of that yeah. change that it being the sole focus mm. yeah definitely yeah mm. so after that conversation I'm going to go and research some schools that got sport in America <laughs> put a proposal together oh, and try yeah, and form yourself huh? over there yeah. <laughs> that's a great idea yeah, yeah. that is incredible though. that's so cool you got that experience yeah, yeah. very lucky <laughs> Moving on, have you got any funny stories or interesting stories of kids that you'd like to share with us, Emma? Mm. They don't have to be G-rated. <laughs> can be, but... Not really, no. I seem to have all the um, sensible kids. <laughs> oh, the, last week, I'm, well, last week one student asked if I was Tara's mum. <laughs> So I must have been, yeah, I must have been looking old that day because I wouldn't say that I'm old enough to be Tara's mum. No, not really, no. I don't have any. Yeah. That's, That's all right. right. 
Um, and you've touched on running being an interest outside of school. What other mm. like interests or hobbies do you have outside of the school area? Um, yeah, I love to um, lead an active lifestyle. So I love, yeah, can't run anymore. My hip and lower back won't let me run. So just the walking. Yeah. Um, I love Pilates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a really big fan of Pilates. Even looked into doing a Pilates course to be a teacher of Pilates. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what else? I love spending time with my family and yeah. friends. I've got yeah, really, really close with my family, in particular my brother. I really spend a lot of time with him. Um, love the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Usual. We found out from someone in your team, we won't name names, but you could go back and ask one of the I think I know five or that. six of them. I think I know they told me that you're a pilot. Mm. Is that true? I wouldn't say I'm a pilot. <laughs> I can fly a plane. I can. I think the wow. definition of flying a plane is <laughs> a pilot, so... You're too modest, Emma. Oh, no. So my granddad was a pilot for many years. Oh, wow. Many, many years. Um, he went over to America. I'm just trying to think how old I was. I was probably about eight. Um, flew for American Airlines for a long time. And then... Um, Went into to private, um, the private kind of sector, and then went into to teaching people how to fly, and then retired. But um, yeah, he, they lived. My grandparents, my grandma's still over there. Um, were over there for, for nearly twenty five years, I'd say. And um, we went over there quite a bit to visit. And then um, yeah, my granddad was hoping that me or my brother would get into flying my brother absolutely hated it but i i loved you know i, I loved it so yeah, i spent a few hours with him flying and wow. yeah do you still do it at all anymore i don't do it anymore no yeah. something that i should look into into doing again yeah 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 i loved it that's yeah. we haven't had a pilot on the podcast so <laughs> okay, come great. to have you on that's awesome <laughs> How many hours does it take to, or how many hours of like practicing uh, jiu-jitsu before you could take control oh, you of it? You need a lot. Yeah. Um, I was lucky because like I, I, I did take control with him. It yeah. Was, you know the sneaky, the way of you know, he'd take me up and you'd be flying, and then he'd let you know let me take control on things. Um, how many hours did I do? I did quite a few hours with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you needed a lot of training over there to to become a pilot. So. A lot of hours in the um, flight stimulator. Yeah. Um, and again, he um, did a lot of courses as he was retiring in that and um, worked there. And then, yeah, quite a few hours up in the air. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Mm. That's awesome. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of things we're learning about you today. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, what's a time or a moment you've been most proud to be a teacher or work um, for mm. your school or team? Probably um, is when I think back to who's had the biggest impact on my teaching, I'd have to say it's a student that I taught. Um, So this student I taught in year two and I was lucky enough to teach him again in grade four. Um, He came to me in grade two hating himself, um, only knowing... S and A of the alphabet and just um, a really, really poor home life. I remember on the first day of year two, he came with a garbage bag, like a, a shopping bag, 
um, with you know, two packets of chips and that was it to eat and you know, his feet didn't fit in his shoes that he was wearing and it was just yeah and um, he actually came I taught him that first year I was team leader so he kind of came into my life at like kind of the perfect time because he taught me so much about teaching but also so much about being a leader as an educator um, yeah he's had such an impact on me um, and probably that moment when he stood up at grade six graduation and gave a speech mm. um, and yeah thanked me for what I had done for him but I don't think he'll ever know just how much he had impacted me yeah um, yeah he's definitely a special a special kid that I taught and one that yeah had the biggest impact oh wow mm. did you get out of that graduation without tissues to no, the face I didn't. Like <laughs> now I'm thinking back <laughs> yeah, that's I'm incredible back the tears but yeah very special kid oh wow yeah cool yeah. That's amazing. yeah well done yeah nice reminder of why we do what we do mm. absolutely yeah now obviously we've heard about your teaching journey we're jumping into the last part of the podcast which okay. is like legacy hacks and advice that you have for okay. listeners out there so they'll be able to take something away from this mm-hmm. um which i'm sure they have already no <laughs> doubt uh what's your favorite teaching program app or game uh, and may will say no close say reading, close reading. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know about again probably my favorite I love, uh, I just love reading to my kids. So every time, every time after lunch, I always read to my grade. I've always done that. Um, and I'll always do that. So even if it's for just that five minutes, you know, do the role and it's just me reading to them for them to calm down before we get into that next lesson. Um, that's something that, yeah, I know it's not a game, but that's, yeah. That's such a good tip though. Like I was always told that. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. told that when I was doing my placements, like, yeah, read a book, let them calm down yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and get into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know the te- this is your Teaching Life podcast is probably up there, but what's your <laughs> favourite teacher-related social media account, website or book? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, oh, I don't know. Or a recommendation you think is valuable to other teachers that mm. you've used or have read? I read a lot of amazing books when I was doing my masters, um, especially around leadership. Anything by Vivian Robinson, um, a New Zealand leader. Um, she's all about student-centered leadership. Um, so yeah, I kind of yeah gravitated to that, and just yeah, everything that she writes just resonates with me. So yeah, anything cool. that she writes. Yeah. Scribbling it down. Yeah. That's it. It's cool when you find someone like that, though, isn't yeah, it? Like whatever you read really resonates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. What about the best PD you've ever done? Oh, goodness. Um, it would have to be yeah, going to San Diego and yeah. just soaking yeah. everything up with Doug oh, <laughs> for two weeks. No, nah, surely weeks. not. <laughs> I know, two weeks with him. It was just, yeah, yeah. the best PD ever. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm, yeah. And I, I feel like I'm going to know the answer to this already, but what inspires you to continue to be a teacher today? The kids. Well, what mm. alternatively to that, you're obviously a great leader as well. What inspires you to keep being a leader today mm. as well? Because you've, you've spoken so much about mm. how much you love being in the classroom and your practice yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Um, it's probably the kids again that inspire me to be a leader. Um, I really struggle to um, just let... 
um, things go by that don't sit well with me. So that's why I think um, I kind of want to be that leader because I want to make sure that the kids have the best education. Um, and, you know, I, I live by Doug Fisher's quote that every student deserves a great teacher and that's not by chance, it's by design. And I feel like me as a leader, I can design those teachers to give the best education to kids. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's a great quote. Mm. Mm. Uh, you're in an interview for your job oh. all over again. The last question is, why should we hire you? What would your answer be? <laughs> uh, I'm shocking at interviews, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> why hire me? Um, I don't think you'd get anyone that would work harder than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I really struggle to switch off during the term and I work yeah. ridiculous hours, um, but that's just my personality. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what I do, I just can't switch off. So you're not going to get anyone that will work harder than <laughs> me, I don't think. Do you switch off in the term though? Um, on the holidays. Yeah, on the yeah, holidays, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It does take me a while to wind down. So it tends to be the second part of the holidays. Yeah. Um, for me to switch off. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've really struggled. I can't during term. I just can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's your first day again. What would you say to yourself? Mm. Um, I would probably tell myself to surround myself with positive people and people that are influencers mm. like influencers in terms of like not just positive influencers but like do you mean influencers as a social influencers or a verb or an, an um, I'm yeah. thinking have an influence on the school yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I think every school has people that are negative um and, you know, I even tell this to, to student teachers that I've had in the past or grads that are working next to me. Make sure you surround yourself with those positive people, mm. positive people within the school. Um, you know, if you get caught up in the negativity yeah. of the school, it will really bring you down. Yeah. Um, and at my previous school, there was definitely quite a number of pockets of negativity um, that sometimes can get dragged. I got dragged into so I would definitely tell myself to, yeah, yeah, stay with those positive people. Yeah. Sometimes you can't even know that you're in that space as well, mm, especially as a yeah. young teacher. If that's all you know, yeah. you think, oh, this is what, it, yeah. this is normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mm. guess I'm just thinking your experience, you've obviously had, you know, had so many positive ones at the start. Yeah, yeah. It's great advice. Sure. Yeah. Well, Emma, thank you very much for your time today. I'm sure anyone that listens to that will no doubt walk away with um, something mm. valuable. Is there anything else you want to say at the end? No, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Mm. Thank you.